Mass murder. Mm, yeah, that's the. <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X, and the the culture scientist. So, so, so you're back to normal now. See, why you always gotta start? Because it's part of our intro, I guess. And on the Truth and Transparency Podcast, we we talk openly and honestly about everything in between. Um, why J Cole is doing a whole tour and Dreamville Fest and he just thought he was going to slide by and just drop it like no one was paying attention at 11 a.m. in the morning. Yes, I saw it. And yes, I will be going to both the concert and Dreamville Fest. Oh. You know what it is. Prayerfully. We'll be going to some concert. We're somewhere. going to see J. Cole. Twice. Twice, at least. Somewhere, some way. Oh, we're going to talk about what is some white people shit, but um, we'll get into that later. So... For all of our listeners who have not been with us before, we actually start off with our first segment, which is, I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny is a segment where we talk about things that we find funny. Are y'all still here? I might might as well give y'all house keys because y'all always here. It's like y'all not guests anymore. It's like y'all part of the show. Um, Oh yeah, we have some guests with us. We have um, the five and three thirteenths of a height person, Queen C. What the fuck? 513, right? <laughs> no. Anyway, it is the five foot one and a half, your favorite thickums, full of fluff and fun and fully vaccinated Queen C. Hey. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. <laughs> Fluffy girl fall coming soon. Might get that on the t-shirt, but we're gonna talk about it a little bit later. All right. Um and then we got, I ran out of analogies. So I just got Mrs. Smith. Introduce yourself. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's a normal intro. It's a normal intro. <clears throat> it's your favorite Fed's favorite Fed and sound engineer, Mr. Smith. And thanks to T Pain, my new nickname now is. <laughs> yep. Yep. That happened. That, that happened. Um, Here you go. All right. So getting back into the swing of things. Um, I just think it's funny as a segment part of the podcast where we talk about things that we find funny in the most unfunny way possible or very hilarious. And in this case, um, Detroit, get your peoples. Um, when you make some ill-advised decisions and they go wrong very quickly, um, should I cue this up or is it better just play, play the video? Um, go ahead and play the video, man. How about, so just, just, Mr. Smith, just go ahead and play it. <laughs> Vicious attack at a West Side gas station. Man, thieves target a man because of the gold chain he was wearing. Tonight, he's talking with our Tim Pamplin, who joins us from the scene with the night cam. Tim. It was a typical afternoon here at this West Warren gas station in Detroit near Grand Boulevard. Customers coming in, filling up with gas, buying lottery tickets. It was a favorite spot for our victim, Jamal. Customer walks in, shakes his hand, a couple more customers behind. The guy in the black. Pay close attention to him and his buddy right behind. They're looking for some easy pickings, and Jamal is their target. I hit the lottery. Jamal won $30,000 on the Michigan lottery, bought himself a $20,000 necklace. You see, he's wearing it there. He's heard of people getting robbed for their jewelry. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. So I was just like, just looking around, making sure nobody ain't trying to get my chain, but. But they did get his chain. He walks out the store. The suspects were waiting. So I ran back and tried to get back into the gas station. They had grabbed me, tackled me down. 
particularly vicious attack, punching him, kicking him, getting him to the ground, ripping off his gold. They took off running and jumped in their car and took off down Warren. The gas station owner says he recognized that tall guy in that black top. A few months back, he was in the store. There he is in the white hoodie this time. And his M.O. was exactly the same. Scope out somebody with some jewels. Here, this man walking towards the store, grabs his necklace and runs away. Investigators believe he lives in the area. They're asking anybody who knows who he is to please give them a call. And that's the scene on the west side with the night cam. Tim Pamplin, local four. A vicious... Um... Yes, culture scientists. Do we have a picture of this reporter? I don't think so, but for those who have not, we're we going to get to the whole actual story, but um, that's all I needed. I, I need, yes. I don't care about the story. I'm about to say, yes, listeners, you heard that correctly. It sounded like a hood geographic um, narrator narrating the story from the mean streets and the hood of Africa, aka Detroit. Um, yes, Queen C. <laughs> He sounded like Robin Leach from Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes. That's, that's why I was like, wait a minute. I know Robin Leach died a few years ago. Who is this like, man? Like, like, there's so many parts where it's like, where he's like, I recognize this man. <laughs> yeah. I heard about people who were still in chains here. Um, sir. So if I remember correctly, he it, he won $30,000, correct, from the lottery. Yes. And he spent 20000 on a chain. Yes. That's Detroit. So correct me if I'm wrong. Normally, when you win the lottery, they, the, the government takes a certain portion of your winnings yeah, as like tax, why, correct? That's why you spent 20000 no, but if he won thirty thousand, I'm quite confident. They took ten percent. They probably took more than ten percent. I feel like it's usually I feel like 40. he ended up having to pay extra money for this chain. They usually take anywhere from like twenty five to forty percent. So he probably only had the twenty thousand after the government took their taxes out, yeah. and he bought a chain. Yeah. In Detroit. Yeah. Were they still poor? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to understand because if you've been, you frequent that gas station, if you're the owner, you see that dude walk in, you recognize him as someone who steals stuff. I know it's not your job, but you could look out for the cookout. <laughs> you could have been like, um, yeah, you might want to leave. They probably going to steal your chain. I'm just trying to point this out to you. No, nah, man, they ain't going to steal my chain, man. No, 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 man. I'm good in these streets. Oh, I. Right. Yes, Mr. Smith. Two things. One, sorry, I have to go back. That reporter's voice, the whole time that I'm hearing this man talking, in my mind, just- Damn, son, where'd you find this? Like, whose <laughs> man is this? Like, right? it did not match the story at all. At all. I, like you said, it felt like I was watching National Geographic. Look at the panther. He is sitting there in the water, drinking. It is a warm day in Zimbabwe. Like some shit like that. So whatever, that joke is out. Secondly, like you said, he, you won 30K. Now, I'm not going to say what you do with your money, because that is your decision. But 
situational awareness, my nigga. Situational awareness. If you know that people are robbing people at that gas station, why would you put yourself as a mark? A good example. When all of us were international, right? Mm -hmm. What was the one thing they always told us? Do not wear shiny things when going out the country. You will be targeted as a mark for locals that will rob you. Same exact thing. You said what? I said they used to say you would look like a free meal. And they're gonna and they're gonna be hungry. And apparently that's that tall dude was hungry. But on the other on the other note for the tall guy, because listeners, what you don't see is when the guy robs him of the chain, he don't have a ski mask on, he don't got nothing blurring his face. He didn't think at all to mask himself. You know, not saying I would condone it. You know, I am a fed, so I got a prosecutor. I mean, you, you right. got it from Baltimore, so I mean, I mean, I mean, you are familiar with these things. Okay, okay, that's you know, tomato, tomato. We gonna move on. Um, <laughs> but, but you coming in there and robbing these dudes straight up with no mask on? Literally, I'm sure the cops is like, there go Deontay. All right, Squad Twelve, go ahead and get him, bring him back. You know, what I'm saying just. To get this chain, get it over with. Like that's, it, it, this thing was just all, absolutely stupid. I just—I have just a hypothesis. I have a hypothesis. The way that he looked, and the way he was moving, he must be a runner, or he must be a track star. He's a he runner. He's a track when he star. I hate all of you, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> so I got—I got a question though. Yes. How fucking hard is it to find a, a seven-foot? 12 inch motherfucker in Detroit that's snatching chains. He is the tallest thing walking. Um, he literally uh, towered over everything in the store, including the shelves. He probably get the Debo treatment where everybody just acknowledges, like, yeah, he do that because the fact that he's done it at the same gas station multiple times, and both times they showed on the video, I know listeners, you can't see it, he didn't wear no type of mask. The only difference was he went from wearing a tank top to wearing a hoodie. And a white hoodie at that, so he's going to stand out. Cause boy, who and the dude that got his chain snatched was on camera talking about, yeah, I heard they be snatching chains around here. So then, why would you wear it? Right. No, I'm I'm, I'm good, man. The streets love me, man. I, I'm good, man. I didn't think my own people's going to steal from me. Oh, I. Right. Yeah, I, I I'll just end it with his grandmama gave me that chain. Nah, you know what? Grandmama's numbers. Him and his friend was on the way to the store to cash out another lotto ticket like Bow Wow. (sighs) Which low-key, let me say this for a moment. That movie is a little bit underrated. It's not good, but it's not horrible. So it's like Soul Plane. Yes. Yes, it's it's in the same category. It's a BT classic. Yeah. (laughs) It is a BT classic. We we need to do, do, do a bracket about BT classics. It's all going to, baby boy going to win. They play like face. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> baby boy is back that ass up on the bracket. Basically. Well, no, it could be Friday. Nah, it's, if it's BET Classic, it's baby boy. Friday <laughs> is like, Friday is VH1 or MTV. <laughs> but um, listen, uh. let us know if you want us to actually do that as a topic. Um, Because that would be interesting. I, I'd be interested to go over it. All right, so we're actually going to switch lanes and move into our next segment, which is share a truth with the class. And share a truth with the class 
is actually where we take stories or personal events that happen to us that we find interesting. Um, we thought that might, our guests might find interesting as well. So, um, Mrs. Smith, go ahead and just play a clip. Trick Daddy is one of the top trends on Twitter right now. After his comments during a clubhouse chat, he says, Jay-Z is not the greatest rapper of all time, but get ready for this. He says, Beyonce can't sing. Beyonce ain't trying to give back the music and that Beyonce don't write music and Betty can sing her mother. Beyonce can't sing. I don't like Beyonce. Okay. She definitely can't I don't sing. know why they be thinking she can sing. They just Man, I watched my god mama train Beyonce vocal lessons all her career, man. I'm popular opinion right now. Beyonce is the R and B where Jay Z is the New York. Um, if you didn't know that, um, Trick Daddy, Florida's own. I, I respect some of his music, but yes, you heard that correctly. Trick Daddy uttered the words that Beyonce can't sing, and that Jay Z is saying to hip hop. Um, before we go any further, we, whenever we discuss anything Beyonce related, we have to make sure that we clarify that the Beehive, these are things that other people are saying. Keyword, other people are saying, because we don't need to get attacked by the Beehive because I ain't got time for it. Um, Mrs. Smith, just so I know, like the people who, did, who are going over this story said the same thing. Go ahead, Mrs. Smith. Oh, okay. Um, some, some comments. Brandon says, ain't nobody worried about the Carters. So Liev says, let's be honest, Beyonce's voice ain't that strong. Joshua says, he's not wrong. Beyonce isn't that great. Martin says, his opinions are his opinions. Desi says, in my, in my opinion, Mariah's is the best. I don't know uh, about him. Now, to be clear, before we even get into this, I know there's been issues that when we do a Beyonce topic, people think what mm -hmm. I just said are my thoughts. Those are what people are watching the show live. Those are live comments. I'm reading the live comments. I'm just... I'm just relaying them, people, okay? I, I appreciate discuss, the disclaimer. I appreciate the Somehow disclaimer. Somehow people think yes, some, those were all my thoughts. No, they weren't. <laughs> See, even people from uh, ET, ET uh, is Entertainment Tonight um, Canada, I think is the, is the network that we got this from. Even they know it's like, yeah, when you talk about Beyonce, no, nah, we're we going to put parameters on this conversation. I'm reporting the news. This is what other people said, not what I think. Whether or not I agree with it, I'm not going to say it because, again, I ain't got time. But um, so where to begin? Um, I know everybody may not. A lot of people are fans of Beyonce. A lot of people are fans of her music. A lot of people are stands, maybe part of the Beehive, may not be, but they enjoy her music. And mind you, I'm going to clarify, yes, there are people who can sing better than Beyonce. We can list them. That's a whole exercise that's pretty easy to do. But to utter the words, she can't sing, I, 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 can't, I can't get with that one. Because I'm like, that's if she can't sing, um, sir, have you really listened to the catalog? But I'm also got to look at it, too. Is like, does Trick Daddy really look like somebody that's going to listen to Beyonce? It looked like a California Raisin. Yes, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Hold on. What the hell, Queen Z? A California raisin? Oh, hell no. Okay, that caught me off guard. Um, he sounds like the mechanic in the countryside that be saying, 
You know, right there, that just that copper and give me about four hundred. Get 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 down to you know, take a week out there, I get it right there for you. Like, I, wait, 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 I you gotta be... spin in the platoon. You gotta spin in the platoon. Oh, yeah, like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, go four fifty. Go ahead, get that down there, get that down there for a week. So, I, I, there is one person that he reminded me of, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna call back to our original 2000 sitcom winner. And one of the characters sounds just like him. You need for you to go and insult the man after a game of checkers. We've been reminiscing all day, looking in each other's eyes, acting like we like each other. Now you gotta go ahead and remind me of my AL man. He literally sounds like Uncle Ruckus off of the boondocks. All he's missing is a cigarette in the corner of his mouth and talking about carburetors. Like I Exactly. And 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 just to you know finish up my point, because I, I want I want the ladies to like run the shit out of him. Um sir, your biggest hit to honestly is I'm a thug and and you know that. Whereas Beyonce, I can name 10 hits off the top of my head that can run. And if you're saying that she can't sing, you must not have watched Homecoming when she sang I Still Care. And that was live. That wasn't pre-recorded. She sung that live and I felt it. I said, ooh, ooh, that girl good. So the fact that you could say she can't sing and that Jay-Z is not the king, you know, the, the best rapper alive. Now, debatable. I'll give you that debatable but yes like you said are there better singers than Beyonce absolutely Whitney Houston Mariah Carey but that's what they're known for but to say that she cannot sing period get the fuck out of here because honestly like because in my mind like you got dangerously in love you got um is it Ave Maria my favorite yes song of all time I don't care what anybody say Mm-hmm. But Beyonce's best song mm-hmm. is I Was Here. Okay. It's like, for me, that's her song. And if you listen to that song and you say, oh, Beyonce can't sing, bruh, what the hell? What the, what the hell? I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? You heard me. You, you sure? It looked like you hit the, <laughs> with the what the hell? Don't say shit like that. Yeah, it got hit with the remix. Listen, that's just stupid. She can't act. Yes, Beehive, I said it. Do not come attack me. But she can sing. She has moments when she can act. She, she can. has moments. I liked her in Fighting Temptations. I don't know if that was the best. I liked her in Dreamgirls. I don't know if that was the other best example for her. Why? They're both singing movies. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she was good in Dreamgirls because her character was literally what she had gone through anyway. So it was a believable performance because she lived it. These are facts. These are facts. These are facts. Um, but yeah, Quincy, do you have any thoughts overall about the whole issue? I'm going to agree with what y'all have said. To say Beyonce cannot sing and this is how she makes her her profession is just ludicrous. But I'm not going to say she's a singer. Like Mr. Smith said, we can name people who can sing better than her off the top of our heads. Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey before 2005. I, I, I got to put that pin in there. I'm sorry. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. But, you know, Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, like we could, we could keep the list going. But 
Beyonce is an entertainer. Wait, I and that's the one thing. This is unrelated, but um, is it is Carrie Hilson a better singer than Beyonce? I, I, Go to the corner. We Go don't the know because we ain't seen her. We ain't heard her sing since 2005 when Mariah lost her voice. Um, what about Khalees? When she's not selling hot plates outside the BET Awards. I mean, <laughs> Khalees is more of a rapper. She's more like a like the female Nelly. Like she has a sing song rap style. Ah. And, and technically speaking, she's too busy bringing the, bringing the milkshakes to the boys in the yard. So, you know, you can't really know if she's singing or not. Does that come with a uh, two-piece uh, whiting fish plate with the coleslaw and the um, the bread? The this is not Magic Greece? City. This is not Magic City. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you order it, it might be brought out by Keisha Cole. That's mm -hmm. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, is Keisha Cole a better singer? Because she was yelling in that Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I'm sorry to get But Beyonce is an entertainer. Yeah, Beyonce is an entertainer. So she's not just focused on her voice. She has other skill sets that go along with it. And she has to make sure they're all on par with one another. She's a she's a dancer. She sings. She halfway acts. I love Beyonce. I really do. But y'all yep. know. Some I'm of the movies wasn't it. That that what was it? MTV's Carmen, a hip opera? No, nah, never again. Don't do it. I was about to say, she almost ruined the, re the live action Lion King. <sighs> but for Trick, Trick just needs something to say to be relevant. First, he went after Trina, who helped make his career. Now you're going after Beyonce and Jay-Z. If you don't sit down and go take care of yourself and get your lupus right, because that's what's really wrong with you. That's why he looked the way he looked. He's not taking care of himself. Does he really, he really is. He needs to go take, take care of his himself? ailment. He needs to go take care of his ailment. Hmm. All right. Because who? Because Trick Daddy, you the last person talking about anybody. Like, like dog, come on now. Of all things on Clubhouse, that's the, like, mm, like, I, I, I That's I, the hill I, you want to die on. Yeah, nah, man, you can't. All right, so. Moving on uh, to our next topic, which is when being too when being close to your parent goes a little bit too far. Um, this Smith, go ahead and play the clip. Mom, are you coming? I'm coming. I'm about to get my stuff. I'm Carla. I'm 44, and this is my daughter. I'm Rakia. I'm 26 years old, and we live in Jacksonville, Alabama. Do you have a lotion? I don't have any lotion, bring some with you. My mother is the most important person in the world to me. I can lean on her, I can depend on her for anything, and I appreciate that. Like, I really, really do. Don't cry. Thank no, you. <laughs> so, so before we continue, listeners, um, that sounds sounds pretty normal, right? Um, of course, scientists, that sounds like a pretty normal story, right? So far. Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, it sounds good. Like, you think, okay, cool, yeah. Like, Black family is good. It's great. It's wonderful. All those great things. Um, but um, it keeps going. This is continue the clip. We do everything together. Yeah. I mean, everything. Watch a movie together. Cook together. Twerk. She's the first person I see when I wake up and the person I see when I lay down. I couldn't imagine my life without my mom being in it. 
it would ruin me. I wouldn't know what to do, how to function. I would lose a part of myself, and I don't even want to imagine that. I've had people say that we're too close, point blank. And I was like, what? I don't see why they feel like our relationship is like so bizarre. Um, again, okay. People be wondering, people in other business thing, like, okay, still seem fairly normal, but um, but wait. There, there, there's more. There, there's more to this. And who boy, we we about to, you know how you drive in, drive in, and sometimes you may go off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about to happen. Uh Mrs. Smith. Or weird. Okay, you got to spread it open a little bit. Yeah. This side is going down, but I can't tell. I probably should have did it before I put it on there. (laughs) My mother and I have been waxing each other for quite some time now. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, what now? What what, what was that, Mrs. Smith? Can you run that back, please? And waxing each other for quite some time now. What the fuck did I just hear? Okay, I, I, I did I hear that right, Coach Sergeant? You did. So, so, so this mother and daughter wax each other, mm. like in the biblical sense, mm. like getting all the coarse and fine hair. Mm. Just, I'm, I'm afraid, but um, we, we gonna see this thing all the way out. Um, Miss Smith, continue the clip. Oh my God! <laughs> this time, let me know when you're about to rip it. Okay, count five, four, three. Two. Oh, oh that, that was a good one. Hurt. Goodness gracious. Those are some coarse ones. Gee. It shocks people if we share the things that we do. I showed her my first sex tape about two years ago. I showed her my first sex tape maybe a year ago. I was like, hey, I want to spice things up. I bought this outfit, you know. What kind of positions do you think I should do or what do you think we should do? And she was just like, oh, girl, prop your leg up in this angle. Maybe your back should have been a little bit more arched in this position. You have your significant others known that you show the video to your mom. Yes, I have one significant other in the past that knew that I shared the video with my mom. And he was like, you guys are sick. Um, um... Um, so, so you thought in, in your God-given mind on, 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 on Beyonce's internet that you were going to share that you and your mama trade game film of y'all and y'all sescapades? Is this like the NBA finals? Is this the NBA playoffs? I'm watching game tape for a film. Um, Mr. Smith? Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm-mm. That's what the dude who found out about them exchanging uh, sex tapes were thought when he heard all that. And I can't blame him because I get, in all seriousness, I get being connected, being close with your family members. I get it. Mother daughter's bond is important. I love it. I support it 100%. But whoo, boy, I think there are certain lines that, that you can't go back to or you can't truly cross, at least in my opinion. That's just me. Um, Coach Scientist, what do you think? That was no. That's all you got. Just all I got. No. I I don't. I don't think so. So you and and Mama Scientist never have those conversations. Hell to the no. Hell to the no. Hell. Hell. Hell no. 
hell, 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 no, 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 no. So you're telling me that you wouldn't do it is what you're telling me. Okay. Just had to make sure. Mr. Smith, play the rest of the clip before we get the rest of everyone's thoughts. Lotion. Oh, really cute. It's smooth. Girl, that's a big. You smooth like a baby again. Yeah, thank you. I thought there was. I thought the the clip was done, but I forgot. Yes, after she has waxed her mother, she proceeds to um to make sure that her mother is not ashy in certain places. Trying to get from the rooter to the tutor. Just just. Um, um, Queen C, go ahead, because I feel like she, you have some words with this. She literally flipped it, smacked it, and rubbed it down. Wow. So she basically was looking at where she came from. Home sweet home, I guess. Um... The views and thoughts that are expressed by the guests on the Truth and Transparency podcast do not necessarily <laughs> represent the thoughts and opinions of the cultural scientists or Brother X or Mr. Smith. <laughs> Just. It don't represent me either. That's her fucking story. That ain't my life. <laughs> but you know you can't say that. <laughs> we gotta have at least some cooth. Never. Never. Oh, oh. C-O-U-T-H, because she can't spell it either. Like, do they even have a life? Like, first off, why is, why are y'all best friends like that? Mm-hmm. Why? Even me and my best friend are not that close. Yeah, that'd be really awkward. Very. Because um, I think me and Mr. Smith were talking about, I think that based on the ages of the daughter and the mom, I think the mom had her at 18. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Smith. Correct. So I would assume maybe it's because it speaks to a trend of younger parents that want to be the best friend of their child for whatever reason, whether it's good intention, bad intentions, whether it's trying to replace a relationship that they're seeking as an adult or as a parent, whatever the case may be, that might be part of it, but come on, dog. Come on, dog. That's a no for me, dog. Uh, Mr. Smith, go ahead. I wish I had the sound bite for um, Boosie saying, come on, dog. Come on, man. <laughs> like this, uh, okay, one, just uh, my my initial thought and what everyone should understand of how I feel of this story. Oh, hell no. Just hell no, I'm sorry. I understand that she wants to live her youth that she probably couldn't have because she had to take care of a child. But under no circumstance unless god forbid you know the parent is like uh you know you are the health care provider for them and even then it's still a little much i'm not waxing you i'm not gonna i'm not waxing you i'm not going to put lotion on the ass cheeks and inside to make sure you are moisturized from the rooter to the tutor I'm not trying to moisturize where I came from. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then I'm sorry. Sharing game tape of escapades in the bed with my parent 
Hell no. That is not happening. I am I am not gonna go to my father who sidebar, he probably he might he's actually starting to listen to the podcast now. So hi dad. Um wait, wait, gonna, wait. You can't drop that on us. Hold on, wait, you can't drop that on us. Like we that's not a good drop, yeah. That that that's wait, wait we will talk later off the episode, but we need to know which episodes he's only been him once. I'm like, wait a minute. All right, continue. <laughs> but I'm not gonna go to him and gonna say, hey dad, so um I got this girl. And I want to make sure that I spice up. He'd be like, all right, so what I used to do with your mama, right? I used to put her in this. Ah, oh, ah, yeah. ah. I don't, I don't, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> what did Toka say? See, see, now the shit I said don't sound that bad. I do it. No, it still sound bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's still bad. But what did Toka say? I don't know. I don't want to know. I'm out. And walks off. That's like. like- like for me, because it's like you're opening a Pandora's box. See what I did there, um, and you're you're opening, creating that avenue because what my mind and the twisted mind that I have sometimes is, God forbid, it's being shown, and my parents say that it looks trash. I'm done. Like go ahead, I'm shutting the whole operation down. I'm becoming a monk. We ain't doing this no more. Mm-mm. And knowing my father. And his sarcastic ass, he would say some dumb shit like that just to fuck with me. Oh, oh, your dad would roast the hell out of you, and I would laugh so hard. Absolutely, and one thousand percent. Pastor P going in. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Just because he can. Yes. Simply because he can. Like that's when my mind goes. I'm like, like I would have to, like I would literally start taking it too seriously with like the sex tape. Like, nah, man. I gotta put my first, my best foot forward. Like, nah, mm, people watching, man. I got my coach looking in the back. It's like, son, I did all that for you to be. You know what? I'm not even gonna go further in this analogy. Y'all get the point. Just, I just feel like TLC should have played the Pornhub theme over that entire segment, but that would be low hanging fruit. <laughs> low hanging fruit. Yeah, I, I'm. I, 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 you know, just for my innocent in it. Innocence. So you just, can't be saying it right. You know you're not innocent. I, I, right. I am. I am on days that ended why, but I'm, I'm just gonna say. I like turtles. Just to, just to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? We're just gonna move on to the next segment. <laughs> please, please. Because who? All right. So we need a, a palate cleanser from that last subject. So we're actually going to transition to um, a quick break for our Black Business Highlight. And our Black Business Highlight is where we actually take time to shout out either local or Black-owned, local or regional um, Black-owned businesses that ranges from food to self-care to clothing to hair and nail design, all the things in between. And this week's um, Black Business Highlight is Lotus Lane Curated Wellness Retreat. So I actually became familiar with this particular black business in my visits to the black farmers market where I actually met um, Amelia Irene, who is actually not only the owner of Lotus Lane Curated Wellness Retreat, she's also the owner of Lotus Lane Culinary where that was what she was actually doing at the black farmers market. She was actually selling um, vegan and non yeah, I want to say vegan uh, treats as well because I got a lemon pound cake from her. And as I was doing research from her, I actually found about this wellness retreat that she does. And here's a little bit of information about that. Lotus Lane 
It is your personal wellness journey to help you bloom and discover the beauty and power you possess from within to reach your greatest self. It is the path that enables you to discover what brings you balance, wholeness, as you embark on your personal path to wellness. You're unique. You are uniquely made and are not de defined by quick fixes and fads. Your personal wellness journey is not one size fits all. And their mission statement actually says that to improve the health and wellness of women through holistic modalities, thereby empowering them to lead productive lives at home, work, and in their communities through spa, creative art therapy, counseling, physical fitness, and nutrition education, and solitude. So if you want to check them out, they are actually lotuslaneretreat.com, and all the other information for them is going to be in the show notes. So again, that is Lotus Lane Curated Wellness Retreat. Um, they also have, with their culinary, they have really dope. They have um, spice blends as well as candles that actually go along with it, which is, I thought was a pretty dope idea. I actually have the, the Mexican blend of spices with a margarita candle, which smells really bomb. I can't wait to light it and have the house, the house smelling great. So please check them out. Again, all the information will be in the show notes. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this week's topic. So... A little background information. The Culture of Sciences and I were out celebrating one of our guests' birthday. Um, shout out to Nurse Joy. So for her birthday, we actually did something that was really dope that we did for Culture of Sciences' birthday in the previous year, which was actually lazy tubing down a river um, out in Lillington. I think it's called Cape Fear Adventures. Mm -hmm. So we were out there. We just were getting prepared or leading up to getting prepared to go out there. We're talking to cousin. Um, we were talking about all the different things that we're getting ready to do. So it's like, oh, that sounds like some white people shit. It's not the first time I heard it. Yeah, no. But needless to say, like, oh, okay. So we hop on the lazy river. We're having a bomb time. It's not raining. Mrs. Yay. Smith knows how great of a difference that is. But we had a really great time. Um, got back. And I started thinking about it on the way back from the lazy tube. And I thought about this topic. I'm like, what are some things that we may do we, we may have done as black people that people or black people would say is at, is doing some white people shit or acting white. So um, I'll go ahead, I'll open up to the guests first. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Smith, I saw your hand up. Um, I think, well, I know it, it, one of the major ones that a lot of black people have heard is uh, you talk white when you're using like proper English or you're making, you know, normal sentences and not using uh, slang or vernacular that is not used to the neighborhood. So if you were to be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna go to the store. They're like, oh, you sound white. It's supposed to be, you going to the corner store. I said the same thing, it's store. You sound white, you, you talk white. Okay, whatever. No, you say so you make grocery. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the store real quick. I'm gonna pick me up a couple of things. Y'all want some? I'll be right back. <laughs> um, Queen, so you have any thoughts on that? Um, just based off the area I was raised in, there's a lot of things that I've experienced that would be considered, quote, white people shit. Like, I've done mud bogging. I've ridden a mechanical bull. I've ice skated, which is fun as shit. I can ice skate, but I can't roller skate. How that work? Judge you probably, mama. You, you can probably roll a blade 
as opposed to ro at roller skate. I can't do that shit either. Me and wheels under my feet don't work well together. Skateboard, can't do it. Inline skate, roller skate, can't do it. What about a scooter? But a blade under my feet and I can ice skate. Interesting. But White people drive. shit, but I enjoy it. That's a good question, Mr. Smith. How does he drive? Yeah. <laughs> Can't do anything. Yeah, wheels on the because the wheels the wheels aren't technically under my feet. It's the gas pedal. Are they though? What is it technically under? Not under your feet. You know what? I this mean, like directly under my feet. <laughs> but um, before I go, coach scientist, is there anything that you can think of? When I got told when I came to Shaw that I talk white, like that was just like the normal for me and then I find that like sometimes it's basically the idea of code switching too mm. except some people they just don't code switch it's just their natural way of talking and you know black people talk all kinds of ways you're right we just need to accept that mm. so I think that it to, to that point I think it speaks to that the concept that we talk about all the time that black people aren't a monolith and that because we grow up in different areas and with different experiences, that there are certain things that are just not black stuff or white stuff, but there's just normal stuff. Like, for example, Queen C's talk about like mud bogging. Is it what it said? Yeah. Or you know, term or say, for example, if I grew up for me, I grew up going to a lot of private white institutions. So for me, I used to listen to a whole bunch of rock and country music especially with my football teammates. And for some people, when I would leave that area, they would go back and say, why are you listening to that? That's some white people shit. I went to um, sleepaway camp a lot. Mm -hmm. So all everything you can think of, mm -hmm. I did. I mean, it was great. I don't care. I love camping. I love archery. I love ice skating. I love all of that stuff. It's fun. I go camp. I used to go camping with my father when I was little, mm -hmm. you know, I was a Girl Scout. Like, I did all the stuff that people, I knew how to swim. Like, people said Black people didn't swim. I swam. I'm sorry. You know, that was one of the things that I did learn how to do. Mm -hmm. So, I like doing white people shit. It's fun. Um, Not everything. No, 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 no. Sometimes, you know. We can't, yeah. Uh, Quincy. Yeah, I want to piggyback off what you said, Brother X, about music, because I definitely listen to a lot of different music, mostly R&B, hip hop, soul, of course, pop music. But I have a whole rock, rock playlist on my phone, just like rock music. I have a couple country songs. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, there was a meme going around Facebook and you made me think of it. Um, it said, if you want to confuse older, um, younger millennials, just shout peaches come from a can and see if they understand what it is and one of our uh, friends from Hampton posted it was like I don't understand this what are they talking about and literally only the white people on her friends list knew what it was and I was like one of the few black people that was like I actually understand it it's a song called peaches and I knew the artist and everything and they were just like that's some white people shit I'm like yeah but the song was catchy yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Smith. No, um, I, I kind of second that. Um, I'll take it local for me. 
uh, you, you actually made a joke earlier before we started recording about the fact that I'm from Baltimore. So, you know, I know about that <laughs> crazy shit. But there's two, uh, well, there's really three um, radio stations that play nothing but hip hop and R&B. 92Q, which is 92.3, that's in, that's, uh, in Baltimore. Then 93.9 and 95.5 are closer to DC. Uh, so if you grew up black, you knew of those three stations, right? But of course you had 99.1, you had uh, 99.5, I believe, which plays the alternative stuff. And so at a certain point when you would get in somebody's car, you know, let's say you just driving around and they just happen to be on 99.5 or 99.1, they look at you like, fuck you listening to this white people shit. Dog, yo, turn to 92Q and put this shit on. I'm like, um... I, I, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to hear Green Day. Can I? Can I? Can oh, I listen I to me some Green Day? Hold on. Hold on. Wait. The wait, American this... Idiot album. The whole American Idiot album. No, what was this? There's a song, not even theirs. I was just thinking of a song that like is a white song, and I was like, oh the Blink One Eighty Two. That's Blink One Eighty Two. That keep coming to my brain. That one. Um, I don't want to be anything other. Then I'm now, trying to be lately. Yeah, that's my song right there. Like, okay. Now, you want some, some Black people doing some white people shit? Imagine Hampton University, 2008-2009, and the DJ plays of all songs, Toxicity, and they start a mosh pit. Oh, my God. Good times. <laughs> I <wasn't there. laughs> Like, hold on. I think I think we we we've hit we've hit a treasure trove. So let 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 let's go down this rabbit hole. So artists that were white that you listened to as a kid that you're like, I I listen to it proudly. Like I'll right. start like, P.O.D., Lincoln Park, mm-hmm. um, John Mayer. Mm-hmm. I still listen to him. Um, In Sync. Sometimes Bastard Boys because. This is the NSYNC household here. I don't care what nobody says. NSYNC over everything. Gang, gang. Gang, gang, gang. Um, you got Panic at the Disco. You have Puddle of Mud. You have Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. Like Seven Nation Army. Oh, yeah. White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can was... take it back to the 80s because I like 80s rock. I listen to Bon Jovi. I like mm-hmm. Def Leppard, ACDC. Journey, Foreigner. Like, I listen to all that. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Gotta have Guns and Roses. Ah, yeah, you There's... gotta have Guns and Roses. Aerosmith. That's the big one. Yeah. I don't wanna close my That's eyes. my jam. I don't wanna go yes. to sleep because I miss Google Dolls. And I don't wanna miss a thing. The album coming soon. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> But I, because there's that, and then switch over to TV shows. There's there's some white shows that I used to watch. I'm like Will and Grace. Well, there you go. There's one. I yeah, just Will talk about Grace. it too. I love Will and Grace. Um, mm. what's another one? Party of you know, Five. But um, yeah. uh, step by step. A lot of them. Step by step. Seventh mm. Heaven. Oh, yeah. step by steps. Seventh by step. Now by I never watched this. But Dawson's Creek, that was also one. I watched Dawson's. I, I watched a little bit of Felicity. The OC. Uh, tra- the Charm. Oh, the, the OC was... Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about um another one. Um Gilmore Gossip Girls. Girl. Gossip Girl was another one. And Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Gilmore Girls. But I just y'all just swinging for the fences today. Like, like I'm saying, like, there's so many things, like that's just music and television. Like certain foods that like you eat what now? No, that's some white people shit. I eat mayonnaise on, on my bread and sandwiches. I'm sorry. And you are making undercover brother mad. Yeah, what? I do put mayonnaise on my sandwiches. That's, I can't that's have the most common thing I've heard people say before. So like when people say it, I just don't respond. I just be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm Man, gonna be quiet. And I decide to put raisins in the potato salad. That's stupid. <laughs> Everybody got real quiet. <laughs> like, I will kid you not. One of my favorite um social media people who's on like all dev gaming, Cleo Thomas from Holes. Like, love him to death. Really dope. A lot of stuff that he gets into, phenomenal. Shout out to him because he is still underrated and does not get his flowers the way that he should. Even after like the whole thing, like he had role bounce, he had so many other acting things. He was in Shameless, he was in of house he was in a couple other shows like give that man his flowers but there's one thing that in my mind i'm not gonna lie i was guilty of saying that's some white people shit they he did a show called black blasphemy where he said he prefers box craft macaroni and cheese before before more than black macaroni and cheese this how you know you black you couldn't even get the second part out you was like mm, uh uh, um, ah, ah. <laughs> basically <laughs> but like there's certain foods where it's like you you eat you eat what now and and it is yes go ahead Quincy I got one when I went to Paris and I went with 10 other black people and only a few of us actually tried escargot which if people know it's it's cooked snails I enjoyed it. I ate like three dozen of them while I was there. I had a ball. I don't care. I will eat escargot again. Will you eat it in the tree? <laughs> Look, we're not about to Dr. Seuss this. Yes. <laughs> will you eat it over there? Will you eat it anywhere? <laughs> I do not like this, Sam. I do not like green eggs and ham. But getting back on topic or trying to get us back on the rails, um, it just made me think about all these different experiences that I know me and you've heard it, listeners, from our stories, just from us just bouncing things back and forth, is that we've definitely experienced a lot of this. So it made me want to ask the question, and I'm sure we can kind of delve into the roots of it and then get back to some examples, is what does it mean when people say you're acting white? I guess what first comes to mind for me has to do with this idea of being white or how white people do certain things, at least here in America or in most spaces around the world, is seen as a standard for um, high morals or what's culturally acceptable in a sense, and when you are not of that race, you start doing things that is 
that might fall into a cultural norm of white people, then we as black people, honestly, even Asians, um, Asians, I want to say some other nationalities or other races that do some of these things, and then they get at called the same thing or said that they're doing the same thing. So I think how like people, the comparison to what culture is acceptable in white culture plays a big part in why some black people or other people of color may say that. Go ahead, Mr. Smith. I think that just to, you know, uh, follow what you're saying, it also goes within like the authenticity of what we deem is a black culture and black uh, things, but black things that black people do. Uh, it it kind of uh, walks the fine line of stereotypes because you always heard from, which is always the running joke, depending on who you ask, black people like fried chicken, black people like watermelon, black people like basketball and blah, 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 that stuff. But it's basically saying that you're doing something that may not be authentic, authentic to the black culture. So like you just said, the fact that we don't eat straight mayonnaise on a sandwich, which I, I agree. I if I'm having mayonnaise on a sandwich, it's got to have a lot of other condiments on it because this uh, straight mayonnaise is, is that, that's that's like I need a chipotle mayo myself. Man, that chipotle on. mayo is fire. I don't care what nobody says. But uh, but yeah, no, just the authenticity of us doing things that are deemed normal in our culture, and us trying to do things that could be deemed, and I'm using air quotes to the listeners deemed normal by white culture uh but might not be normalized yet in black culture granted that is kind of shifting as we're getting more accepting of everyone uh allegedly uh but it's still kind of a a a ways to go as far as you know what is deemed acting white and just a small example then I'll, i'll throw it back to you a lot of us are now starting to learn. Shout out to one of your one of our um, black business highlights, our brother um, uh, Matthews, who mm-hmm. does the who does the budgeting and learning how to get in the stocks. For a long time, we didn't really talk about that stuff. That was some white people stuff. And now you're starting to see, especially with this new year and with the pandemic, a lot of people have been trying to diversify their money and put in the portfolios and actually build wealth that was not taught to us. That was just known for white people to do it because they always, I mean, you would see people that came from money and you could tell they came from money because they had those wealth building exercises. Now we're getting into that. So that's now going from a white people stuff to everyone can be involved. Um, so that's definitely something that used to be acting white and now it's no longer. Correct, yeah. The For the listeners who may have missed that episode, that was um, Building Bread with uh, Kevin Matthews. Um, Go, ah, which episode was that? It was a while back, but um, we can definitely check them out for that information. You can check them out on Instagram and all this stuff. But that's really true, man. Um, it's just recognizing certain things that we just, we move differently. Like I'm gonna say, well, it's not necessarily something white people, but it's also breaking the stereotype. Like for men, there was always this stigma for us that getting manicures and pedicures was a feminine thing and that men shouldn't do that because out of fear of being considered gay or homosexual, that's a whole nother thing because, whoo boy, I promise you, I'm gonna have a whole episode talking about what people say does and doesn't make a man gay. Like that's a bad thing. But I digress. So I think, um, 
Coach scientist, do you have something before I continue? Mm-hmm. Um, Quincy, I don't know if I gave you a chance yet. Um, yeah, I, it, it's a lot that goes into it about the whole acting white thing or white people shit. Because for me, I work in the banking industry and I'm what they call frontline customer service, a phone rep. And I will get a lot of our people. And when I try to educate them to try to help them make better decisions about their credit and things going forward, they're like, oh, you sound like you know it all. You sound like white people. You've been around them uppity white folks. Oh, I had one guy literally tell me because I was trying to explain things to him. He's like, well, you talk like you already got money in the bank and good credit like white folks do. Having good credit, I mean, they may have monopolized that, but that's only through racism and and gentrification and things like that. Having good credit is not a white people trait. I'm trying to help you out. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's a whole lot that goes into it. And it's because of how the American society came about, how America became America. Yeah, and, and I think um, uh, the culture scientist said something. It was, way, it was a way to, as another tool systematically to keep certain people down or certain people make certain, it was basically trying to make, create a hierarchy systematically of like, this is how you know this person has made it and has all these qualities. You should have all these qualities. Like whether we talk about beauty standards, whether we talk about clothing standards, uh, respectability politics, all these different things, they all just kind of tie into it because if it ain't white, it ain't right was a, is a common thing that people used to say. And ultimately it's like, no, we as black people, we have these different experiences. Like say for example, you have a black child who grew up in a prep environment. They had a bunch of white friends. They had, they experienced a lot of things people would consider culturally white or in the, a white culture which is still weird to say, but I won't get into that. Um, but they go through all these experiences and they go to they go to a predominantly black area or they go to HBCU and then they deal with the overly hard term, which almost makes me not eat Oreos, but I still do because they're delicious. Um, but the term being called an Oreo, being black on the outside, and being, and being considered white on the inside, which is a very damning in a dismissive way that we as black people and sometimes other races dismiss someone's experience in being black just because it doesn't fit in the same framework as everyone else. Who is it? So like even hair mm-hmm. play into that role of not being black enough. Like when you, like, I apparently had a very blackness growing up because my hair was like braided up every day. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, you you have the women that like you have the natural girls who are like, oh, you're not black enough because you don't wear your natural hair. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's a shame that we gang up on our own selves sometimes. That's very true because in the midst of trying to trying to find our own identity we seek out certain like check markers or certain things that um, that makes us feel like, okay, 
this is who I am. This is how I know that I've arrived or I've figured out my identity and, and who I am. Go ahead, Queen C. I want to piggyback off what the cultured scientist just said, uh, especially when it comes to beauty standards in the Black community, because anything that's um, derivative from what is considered the norm in Black culture for beauty is seen as other. So especially the one thing I got a lot when I was younger was, oh, you got all that long hair. You must be part white or you have to be mixed with something. Like you can't just be black and have long hair. You have to be some type of other as well. And I got that well into adulthood until a few years ago. I had a coworker come up to me and was like, girl, you got all this hair. You know, you gotta be mixed with something. What is your mother? I said, my mother is black. She can't just be black. What's your grandmother? Black. Well, what is your father? He's Puerto Rican, but he black. No, no, it's the Puerto Rican. No, it's the black. Get get out of black people. We got to get out of our own heads thinking that certain things are only from non-black cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it's not just hair, it's facial features, skin tone, eye color, whatever. We are holding each other back by tearing each other apart using colorism and all these different little things to try to box somebody up. Blackness is an array of things. It's a spectrum of things. It's not a monolith as brother X keeps saying, we are not a monolith. Yeah, and we, we, we talk about it quite a bit. And it's just like, when you, I think I really wanna harp on the point is like, when you take that phrase of acting white or we can even flip it for some, white people who grew up in a predominantly black environment and some white people or even some black people saying oh you're acting black it always it always kind of doesn't sit well with me because it's like again to my point about it's like you're being dismissive or not acknowledging someone else's experiences and as we get into the environment that we're slowly but surely working our way to about opening up seats at the table of recognizing other people's experiences and educating ourselves and unlearning habits that were deemed acceptable back when we were younger or even before we were born, we have to recognize that there are going to be these experiences. Like for me, when I went to Hampton, I was very much nervous because I was in a predominantly white environment. I was worried that I wouldn't have enough black experiences to be able to relate to other people on campus. And when I got there, there were, there were preppy black students, there were athlete black students, there were a whole spectrum like Queen C said. And I recognized that a lot of these things that I attributed in my mind or I learned as was mainly white or was told to me it was white. I realized, no, there's black people who have those same exact experiences. So it's not a black or white thing is that people just have different experiences. Go ahead, Mr. Smith. You said the biggest thing right there is what makes it comfortable is that you find those that share the similar experiences. I'm not saying that you have to, it has to be specifically to the taste of what you are accustomed to doing, but at least can understand the mindset of what that experience entails. You know, I, I again, I, I'm on the other side of the spectrum where We'll call it what it was. I went to a like my one of my best friends used to say we went to nigger school. 
class. Like our school, diversity elementary school was like perfectly mixed. Sixth grade, middle school, the white people started to fade out. By eighth grade, it was straight black. By high school, it was, I mean, I'm talking city people coming out to where we were. It was good. But going into Hampton is where I actually got to see the other side. I saw those that did equestrian. I saw those that could do polo. I saw those that were on both sides of the spectrum, whether you were from the gutter or you were from the suburbs. You know, each the main thing is that we all have a similar struggle and we can learn about it, understand, and be able to reference those experiences to help us proceed to the future. And so the biggest thing is to just always be open to no matter what. We're not saying that you have to do the experience because, hey, you, are, you, you, you live your own life. But at least be open to the statement of what that person is trying to say and understand what it is to say, okay, that might be something I might be interested in doing. I don't know if that's like acting white. I think it's just, you know, like normalize the fact of stop saying acting white. If it's different from what you're used to, just say that. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. If, if you... I'll say it again. Stop saying that you are acting or talking white and just say you're talking different than what I am used to. And for the listeners, just so you understand what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Just so that you understand. Message. That's all I got to say about that. Sometimes you just got to let them know, man. And I think that um, brings us to a good point because we could talk about this so much because again, we're talking about our experiences and that takes, that shapes so much of who we are and how we view the world and how we deal with things. But recognize that that can change, that can continue to grow and still be figured out because your black experience for us, all being African-American, um, is something that can grow and be different. My experience of being black changed from being in a minority when I was younger to being a, a majority when I was in college and to being in a space where I'm somewhat a minority, but I'm more conscious of it, but I have more of a choice on who I surround myself with and who I'm able to be intentional about. Like Mr. Smith said, I'm able to surround myself with more people who, um, who are able to, who have a similar experience or who are seeking to do the same things. Like I'm grateful that we get to do Lazy River. I'm grateful that um, one of the dopest things that I've been blessed with dating the coach of scientists is to be able to go on group trips with her friends where we went to, um, it was up in like Northern Virginia. It was fun. We were fun. And like we did stuff. We literally we went, went hiking. Like, hiking. We went canoeing. But we were on vacation in quotation marks. Right. But it was such a dope experience and you get to enjoy these things where it's like you appreciate so much more of life when you allow yourself to be open to new opportunities. So just kind of keep that in mind. And that kind of leads us into the, um, the transparent moment. And in the transparent moment, we usually try to leave our listeners with a thought or um, something to kind of to work on within themselves. Just got to kind of think about either until the next episode or just a continuous thing. So like Mr. Smith said about it and everyone else has said about it, just be mindful of how you're phrasing things. Be mindful of what you're listening to. And sometimes it's not even necessarily you that's being said to. Be mindful of your friends. It is okay. The people, your friends who are genuinely your friends should be willing to listen to <clears throat> constructive criticism or feedback. So like, hey, let's stop saying that. Or hey, I don't know if that's really acting white. Or maybe it's just that's their experience. 
and just be mindful of what you're saying and start to examine what makes you, what triggers in your mind when you think that thought or makes you say, oh, that's some white people-ish or that's acting white or what were some of these experiences and really examine, were they really saying that you're being white or were you saying, I'm uncomfortable with these experiences that you're talking about because I don't have a point, a reference point and I can't relate and realize that sometimes not everybody's gonna be able to relate. Like people who never grew up with money can't relate to people who do have money. It's not a bad thing. It's just maybe a learned experience. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, I do have a clip I wanna play for you guys, but I'm gonna save that to the end after I do all of our closing out stuff. But please stay until the end of the episode to listen to it. I think it really encapsulates what I was really thinking about with this whole topic. Um, but first I wanna make sure I say thank you to my guest, Mr. Smith, always here on the soundboard thank you queen c for always being here and being down to earth thank you to the culture scientists for all that you do and being my co-host as well as thank you to the listeners um this is my therapy this is what helps me express all my black experiences and everything that i've gone through so thank you for listening for putting up with us for like however long you listen um but also check us out on our social medias at the TNT Pod123 on Twitter, Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook. And the truth, you can always email us at truth and transparency pod123 at gmail.com. And before I play the clip, um, I want to say from the culture scientists, from Mr. Smith, from Queen C and myself, if this podcast gets no bigger than what it is right now, I'm forever grateful. They're forever grateful. And with that being said, guys, I'm going to leave you with this clip. One of my favorite clips from the show, Prince of Bel-Air. Carlton epitomizes a lot of what this subject talks about. So I want you to listen to this piece, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. I take Will. He's full of potential. That's why we want him. It's you we don't want. Me. But I did everything. I cooked, I cleaned, I hand washed the toilets. Everything your butler does for you. I'm not accepting no prep school Bella bread sellout into my fraternity. You can stop all no, that. No, wait, Will. I got this one. You think I'm a sellout? Why? Because I live in a big house or I dress a certain way? Or maybe it's because I like Barry Manilow? You mean Barry White, y'all? <laughs> Being black isn't what I'm trying to be, it's what I am. I'm running the same race and jumping the same hurdles you are, so why are you tripping me up? You said we need to stick together, but you don't even know what that means. If you ask me, you're the real seller.